Age of Democracy, Modern World History, Lesson Number 8. We're going to take a look at democratic reform and activism. Let's look at what Britain looked like in the early 1800s. The British government was not a true democracy in the 1800s. Only 6% of the population could elect members of the House of Commons, and women couldn't vote. A famous piece of legislation was referred to as the Reform Bill of 1832. What is it? It's the struggle for the right to vote led by wealthy and upper middle class. What did it do? It eased property requirements, gave more districts representation, and one of five were allowed to vote. Another famous legislative movement was the Chartist Movement. What is it? It was a movement encouraged by the Reform Bill to further extend the vote to more people. What did the people want exactly? Two things in particular. A secret ballot, so no one could know who they voted for and they could not be penalized. And an end to property requirements. What happened to this request? Parliament rejected it. What, though, were the long-term results of these movements? In 1867, a vote was given to the working-class men. In 1884, rural workers got the right to vote. And by the 1900s, all requests were given except annual elections. A famous period in English history is the Victorian age. What was it? Queen Victoria came to the throne in 1837. She was the queen for 64 years. She was well liked by the people in England, enjoyed great prosperity as a result. She did not have, however, a tremendous amount of power, as most power was held by Parliament, House of Commons, Prime Minister, and the Cabinet. How did women achieve suffrage or the right to vote? In the 1800s, women in the U.S. and Great Britain worked for the right to vote. Emmeline Pankhurst formed the Women's Social and Political Union, the WSPU, in 1903. And the strategies she utilized were very militant to get people's attention. The result of this was women's suffrage was slow. They did not gain it in England and the U.S. until after World War I. Let's take a look at France and what was happening in the 1800s. In 1871, the government was the Paris Commune. 1875, you had the Third Republic. And during this period from 1871 to 1914, you had dozens of political parties competing for power with, with one another. A famous event in the 1800s in France was the Dreyfus Affair. What happened? Widespread anti-Semitism, which is prejudice against Jews, plagued all of Europe. The story goes that army officers accused and found Captain Alfred Dreyfus guilty, a Jewish officer, of spying for the Germans. Other evidence, however, came to light indicating Dreyfus was framed. The results of this event was that public opinion in France was divided. The French army refused to reopen the case. And in 1898, writer Emily Zola published a letter denouncing the army for covering up the scandal. Zola was given one year in prison for the views that she expressed.
Finally, the French government declared Dreyfus's innocence. In the 1890s, a movement referred to as Zionism, Jews to work for a separate homeland, became very strong throughout Europe, particularly Eastern Europe. Let's take a look at the struggle for self-rule in the, many of the British colonies. What was Canada's story? The first Europeans were French. Great Britain took over control in 1763, however, due to the outcome of the French and Indian War. Lower Canada, Quebec, became French-speaking, and Upper Canada, Ontario, became English-speaking. Why were there divisions between French and British? The divisions between Upper and Lower Canada fueled tensions and rebellion broke out in many areas. The French wanted more French-speaking to be promoted, and the British wanted more English-speaking to be promoted. The result was the British sent Lord Durham to observe and send a report. In the report, he said, Upper and Lower Canada should reunite, and the British, British immigration should be encouraged to the area. Clearly, the goal of this report was that the French would slowly become assimilated and be part of English culture. The Dominion of Canada was formed in 1867, enabling Canada to govern domestic affairs, but still remain part of the British Empire. What was Australia's story for self-rule? British began colonizing Australia in 1788. It was originally a penal colony, a place for the British to send convicted criminals. And the people who were already there, the natives, were referred to as Aborigines. In 1850, Australia became a self-governing parliamentary form of government. In the 1860s, settlers pressured the British to stop, stop sending convicts to Australia. And in 1901, Australian colonies were united under a federal constitution as the Commonwealth of Australia. Let's take a look at New Zealand's story for self-rule. Originally, British settlers respected and got along with the native people of New Zealand, Maoris. Later, however, conflict occurred between British Christian missionaries and Maoris. Britain annexed, or added on, New Zealand in 1838. And New Zealand is known for becoming the first nation to give full voting rights to women, only to white women of European descent. What was Ireland's story for self-rule? In the 1100s, the Pope granted control of Ireland to the English king. As a result, a large number of British moved to Ireland. The results, there was major religious differences um, caused by um, the British moving over to Ireland. Primarily, the majority of English were Protestants and the majority of Irish were Catholic. Between 1500 and 1600, laws imposed on Catholics limited their rights. And in 1801, Ireland officially became part of the British Empire. Between 80, 1845 and 1848, potato famine caused one million Irish people to die. 
the potato famine further fueled tensions between the Irish and British due to the fact that the British not aiding or showing mercy during this famine. For example, not um, showing mercy with rent payments, among other things. Due to the Protestant minority in Ireland, Britain refused home rule for the Irish, knowing that they would be outnumbered by the Catholic population. In 1914, Southern Ireland was to receive home rule. However, the beginning of World War I put this on hold. 1916, Irish nationalists rebelled in Dublin, only to have the leaders of Irish nationalism to be executed by the British. In 1949, Southern Ireland became the Irish Free State, and Northern Ireland remains part of Great Britain. Let's look at some of the developments and the progress that occurred during the 19th century. First off, early 1800s, coal and steam were most utilized. By the late 1800s, gasoline for the internal combustion engine and electricity, which allowed for use of the electric generator. That shift in power had a great impact on later inventions. Here are some trading inventions. The inventor Edison invented light bulb and the phonograph. Bell, the telephone. Marconi, the first radio. And Ford used interchangeable parts on an assembly line. This led to mass culture. What is mass culture? Mass culture is the appeal of art, writing, music, etc. to a much larger audience, not just the wealthy few. Why do you think more people started to enjoy art, writing, music, theater? What does it have to do with the movement of industrialization we talked about in the previous lesson? Let's look at some of those factors that contributed to the rise in mass culture. First, you have the spread of public education. You have an increase in speed of press. So ideas are circulated at a much faster pace. You have the phonograph. And eventually, industrialization, you ultimately ended up with a shorter workday and weekends. Therefore, people had more time to enjoy cultural activities. A prime example of one is vaudeville. These were variety shows where singers and dancers performed for, for people. Another example of mass culture would be film. The first film had no plot, was one minute long. In the early 1900s, the first feature film was referred to as called The Great Train Robbery. In addition to vaudeville shows, film, we also have the rise in sports and the appeal of sports. In 1896, Olympics were held again for the first time in Athens. The United States, we saw the rise of football and baseball, and in Europe, the rise of soccer clubs. What were some of the advances in medicine and science? A famous scientist was Louis Pasteur, who was a French chemist. While observing the fermentation of alcohol, he discovered that heat kills bacteria. What did he do with this discovery? He developed the pasteurization process. 
what were some of the new advances in medicine science continued? Another famous scientist was Joseph Lister. He was a British surgeon, and he built building on Pasteur's work, he thought germs is why half of surgical patients die of infection. What did he do with this discovery? He developed antiseptics, and as a result, 85% of Lister's patients survived. Overall, the impact of these discoveries were amazing. We saw less death in hospitals due to antiseptics, and the concept of cleanliness leads to less disease, and it created a call for plumbing, sewer systems, as well as many other things. Let's look at some of the developments in the study of plants and animals. Charles Darwin. He challenged the idea that plants and animals were a special creation of God. What did he believe? He believed that all life evolves from earlier life, that populations grow faster than food supply, those that survive are considered to be most fit. In Darwin's book, Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection, three main ideas emerge. Population grows faster than food supply. Therefore, species that survive are most fit. And lastly, species pass on their advantages to their offspring. Darwin's findings rocked the Catholic Church, and they were the beginnings of a theory that is still believed today, the theory of evolution. Regarding physics and chemistry, there were some major developments. Mendel believed and found that there is a pattern to how traits are passed on. His work began the study of genetics. Marie and Pierre Curie found that a mineral released a powerful form of energy called radioactivity. Marie won the Nobel Prize for the discovery of radium and polonium. In the social sciences, we saw the study of psychology, the study of the human mind and behavior. The major discoveries included Pavlov, who discovered that animals' reflexes could be changed through training, and Sigmund Freud, who cited that the unconscious mind drives how people think and act. The result of this was it challenged the concept from the Enlightenment that reason, our ability to reason, was supreme. It caused doubt and uncertainty. This concludes The Age of Democracy, Modern World History, Lesson Number 8. Thanks for listening.